folklore is something I've always been interested in, more so like with storytelling. Going back to my grandmother and growing up in the Ozarks, storytelling was a big thing, like sitting out on the porch and like just telling stories or listening. And I've always really liked children's books and um, storytelling is important to people in the Ozarks. It's also very important to Native American cultures, um, oral histories. So I really like to make up my own folklore and my own universe that like these weird animals kind of live in and uh, let other people kind of add to the story with their own imagination. Welcome to Hello Atelier. I'm your host, Betsy Blodgett, and with me is producer Jonathan Getz. Hello. Jonathan and I met today's guest, artist Jillian Youngbird, in her studio for our chat. But we weren't alone. A full-scale sculpture of a bear, claws out and mouth open to roar, loomed over us while we set up our equipment. In the corner sat a man-sized creature bedecked with an oversized bird head. It took a minute to focus and get to work in front of such an audience. And don't forget the buffalo head in the corner. But yeah, Jillian's Toklet Bear is a perfect example of her constructed mythologies. She created the sculpture for a solo exhibition, which revolved around Jillian's fable of an unknown traveler hunting down this mythical bear. But the really unique thing about the exhibit was how she invited friends, family, and total strangers to submit stories, photographs, and letters to insert into the bear's mythology. So the Toklet Bear, this piece of art, was partially created by the audience. That's so fun. Jillian describes herself as not just an artist, but a hunter-gatherer and storyteller. In a way, she is the unknown traveler of her exhibition. Ah, yes. You mean how she's always on the hunt for objects. Objects that will inject nature into her work, all while she is injecting her work into nature. It was exciting to see the collections of materials that she's found, just waiting to be used in a project. Feathers, flowers, even a few animal skins. And to see how she was using them, that life-size man-bird sculpture was slowly being covered, one feather at a time. Seeing those photos on the wall of her wandering around town in an oversized buffalo and bear mask. Oh man, how liberating. The stories she could tell. And those stories we're excited to share. Here's Jillian. So yeah, I grew up with my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother all in one house for about three years of my childhood, which was amazing. That's kind of where I learned about sustainability because we were very like make do with what what you got. This was that was my great grandmother's kind of motto. My great grandmother, she sewed, she crocheted, she knitted, she made lace, all the grandma stuff. Yeah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so it was like farm country, just fields and rivers and woods everywhere. And I just kind of explored and Growing up in the Ozarks was cool because it was like you either had to stay inside and learn a skill or go outside and play. Those were like your two options unless you really wanted to watch Walker, Texas Ranger. So that's kind of how I got started with the art process. I read that you're part Cherokee. How has that influenced your work? It's been interesting because although I am, I didn't grow up in that culture or in that environment. So I've kind of I've been informed by that part of my identity, but I haven't necessarily taken directly from it. It's sort of just kind of always in the background of my work. With the proliferation of everything from farm-to-table restaurants to organically produced fashion, sustainability has entrenched itself in creative industries. But what about the art world? 
Taken as a whole, the art world is an industry that requires significant resources for both creation and storage. So how can an artist create work that is sustainable? It's kind of something I struggle with a lot because I want to talk about sustainability, but I'm making things that aren't necessarily going to last or have like archival, they have their own sustainability. And so I'm trying to talk to people about what their idea of sustainability is and how I can work further towards making as little of an impact as I can with what I make. Sometimes I think maybe art is a little bit of a selfish act. And I don't really believe that. I know it's like a really cool and awesome and important thing, but it also feels like I need to make as little as possible while still making things, which is like kind of a hard thing to do. There's a lot of different facets of that idea within the arts. Like we were talking about um, sustainability within like, even in the museum setting, how long are we going to be able to maintain artworks and what is that going to take to do that and what resources do we have to use to like keep these things in existence how much art do we make before we run out of space for the art i work with like recycled and reclaimed materials um it kind of started when i was in college and i needed free materials and cardboard was like everywhere and free right now for the most part i'm using things like cardboard and um, things I find in the trash and things I find in nature, like feathers and rocks and flowers. I don't pick the flowers. I just get flowers that are already like dying. (laughs) My hunting process is, uh, I don't necessarily like know I want to make a thing and then go and look for those materials. I kind of just like, I'm out at the lake and there's a bunch of feathers on the ground and I pick them up and I'm like, I'll make something out of this eventually. I don't know what yet, but that's pretty much the process. Jillian's large-scale sculptures may have dominated her studio, but a closer inspection revealed walls covered in her smaller art pieces, embroidery, illustration, and quilting. Jillian's work covers a range of sizes and media. She is an artist not afraid to try new avenues of expression. I get bored easily, so I have to like keep switching it up all the time to keep myself going. I pretty much just do what strikes me. Sometimes I, a series just kind of comes out of a thing that I make. Like I did this series of collages recently, and they were called Mild Mild West. <laughs> and they're just kind of like humorous things I kind of made for myself. But the quilting stuff I'm working on right now I think is probably going to be a series because I'm really enjoying it. I I like making quilts in general, just like for myself or for my friends. And I've also been really inspired by some of the other artists here at Charlotte Street because there's a couple of quilters and like beaters here. Just thinking about craft and like traditional ways of making, especially that are traditionally women um, in those fields. I think making those, elevating those to like a higher plane of the art world is an important thing. I used to do illustration that used to be like my primary medium, but um, yeah, I kind of just do illustrations as like my break time activity now. It's kind of like my way of just relaxing and not thinking too much about what I'm doing. How long have you been doing your your large pieces? Um, Well, they started with masks in 2014 as part of like 
performance series. And then I started moving on to the really big stuff. I guess mostly just like this last year, like 2017, I started doing the the big boys. It's hard for me to call it performance because what I typically do is just kind of like insert myself into people's daily activities while wearing these heads, like riding the bus with people or like going into a bar and getting a drink and just kind of like freaking people out a little bit. (laughs) But I did that. I did a performance with that bison head at the Tallgrass Prairie Residency. And I just kind of like wandered out onto the paths while people were walking and hiking. And everybody was like, what is happening right now? What kind of reactions do you get like if you're in town in a bar? Oh, people love it. They want to take pictures with me and they want to, you know, they want to get a drink with me. I had one guy one time just steal it off of my head and put it on his head and start running down the street. (laughs) Sense of freedom when it comes to wearing a mask and just like being goofy. You don't have to worry about people judging you or like it doesn't matter because nobody knows who you are, you know, and so you can kind of just be as playful as you want with other people you can be more forward with them. Um, I'm like very much when I'm walking in public, I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact with people. <laughs> when you have a mask on and you're you're anonymous, you can kind of just do whatever you want. I want to make more of the masks and do more performances. And then maybe performances that don't involve the masks at all. But performance is something I really would like to get into more just because that is something that is almost zero impact and It doesn't have to be sustained. A few months ago, images of some amazing textile art started popping up on my Instagram feed. Everything from a huge stuffed wall hanging to surreal embroidery, and even a smiling stuffed cheeseburger. These pieces were from a show called Fiber Milk that was taking place at the Imagine That Gallery, where Jillian works. Oh man, Imagine That is the best place on earth. (laughs) It's a nonprofit art studio for adults with developmental disabilities. We have painting, woodworking, we have a music studio, we have a ceramics area, screen printing. I work as the outreach and media coordinator, so I'm like connecting our artists with other artists in the community or setting up workshops or proposing their work for shows. Um, it's really cool being around the artists that I work with because they're not concerned with art speak. They're not concerned with what are people going to think about this. They just make what they want to make. They make what is enjoyable to them. They make what feels right and they don't worry about it. And before I worked there, I worried. I worried a lot about like, how are people going to perceive this? What is, what are people going to say? Are they going to like it? And now I'm kind of like, who cares? Just like make what you want. And if you're having fun, then you're doing something right, you know? Jillian's use of found flowers and feathers in her art intrinsically roots it in nature, and she is passionate about protecting the environment that has inspired so much of her work. In 2016, Jillian felt compelled to travel to the Standing Rock protests in North Dakota, lending her voice and bringing much-needed supplies. While the rest of the world watched, she experienced firsthand the spirit of those fighting to save their environment. I went to take donations. I went right before um, the really cold part of the winter. Um, They were looking for blankets and warm clothing, so I took all of that. And I went to the march that they had in Bismarck. 
And that was crazy because I didn't have like a ride into Bismarck. So I rode in the back of somebody's pickup and it was like 30 degrees outside and an hour ride from Standing Rock. And I don't know, it just really broke my heart that these people were doing such incredible work and persisting for such a long time to like work for what they believe in and to protect the land. And it was amazing. What kind of energy did you get from it? It was really positive energy, actually. I was kind of surprised. I thought people, especially by then, people had been there for months and months and it was getting cold. But people were in amazing spirits and they did water prayers like every morning and had drum circles and they had dancers. And they had um, even people from other religions get up and speak and do their own prayers. And it was a really positive vibe. People were excited to be there and like just ready to organize and fight. So, And did any of that kind of activism come back with you through your art or just in general? It did in like a really deep way as well. Um, but yeah, there was a the climate march that happened, what, a year ago? Um, I did a banner for them and it was inspired by a photograph of one of the water protectors. They were wrapped in a American flag and they had, you know, their hand in the air with a feather. And uh, so I made that and it said resist on it. And so, yeah, it's been, it was really inspiring. We asked Jillian for suggestions that would inspire our listeners. There were no parameters as inspiration can, of course, come from anywhere. She gave us three recommendations with which I wholeheartedly agree and quickly put on my to-do list. Travel as much as possible. I've come to realize that like money is cool, but if you use it for experiences, it's like way more valuable than for material goods. So yeah, travel, travel, travel as much as you can. Go for a walk in the woods. I highly recommend it. Or climb a mountain and take all of your clothes off. I did that while I was in Alaska and it was great. We hope you enjoyed this interview with Jillian Youngbird. Be sure to visit helloatelier.org where you'll find our pictures of Jillian's studio and links to Jillian's work. Hello Atelier is produced by Phonicalia Media. If you love our show, you can help support us on Patreon with a small donation that helps keep us sponsor-free. Or simply subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram where you can live a little Hello Atelier every day.